Welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Experts Podcast. I'm your host, James May, alongside Alexander and Amber Spiker. Amber has been in the real estate space for about a decade. Amber, how are you? I'm good, James. Thanks for asking. Good, 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 good. Walk me through really quick. What service, what area are you currently servicing? Um, so I call Deland, Florida home, but I service all of Central Florida, anywhere from Daytona Beach, Orlando. Um, I even go out to Ocala or up to Palm Coast. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And let's just start off a little light here. What kind of got you started in real estate and, and what kind of motivated you to enter the field? Um, Pretty much it probably would have to be the fact that um, I was a military spouse for 21 years. So before I became a realtor, I was a military spouse for 10 years and we would pick up and move every few years, buy a new home, usually something that needed to be updated or repaired that would have some equity because we knew we'd be moving in another two to three years and just like really connected with some realtors that we used and didn't connect with others and decided that, you know, if they could do it, I could do it and I could do it better. Awesome. Awesome. And so, so, so you said you worked in Massachusetts before, right? Yeah. I started my career up there. <laughs> okay. Okay. And what, what, what brought you back down to, to Florida? The Air Force. Yeah. The um, Air Force. Okay. okay. My husband, um, this was his last. So I'm from Georgia originally and haven't lived in Georgia since I was a teenager and got married. And so um, this was our last duty station. We ended up back down here and that was in 2019 and got my license reinstated here in Florida in 2021. Awesome. Super interesting. Um, when you started out, was it like a bit rocky um, learning the basics and getting into it? Or was it pretty smooth actually? So I kind of had two different starts. My first startup in Massachusetts was kind of new to the whole industry. Um, and I was very naive. Um, I interviewed at a couple of brokerages as you're supposed to choose a smaller brokerage that said they do a lot of mentoring, handholding, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and over the course of the few years I worked with them, realized that it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. And to succeed in real estate, it's your own business. Whether you work for a brokerage, you have a mentor or anything, or what split you're giving them, it's your own business. <clears throat> so when I got back into the field here in Florida, I went into it with that mindset and the mindset of, you know, it's going to take work on my part to, to make something out of it. Okay. Let me ask a question then. How much real estate knowledge were you able to transfer from Massachusetts to Florida? Was it like a big like knowledge gap or was it relatively similar? Yeah, it's pretty similar. Um, Florida and Massachusetts definitely do things differently. Mm -hmm. So for example, Massachusetts is an attorney state and Florida is a title state. And that just essentially means an attorney up there handles all of our paperwork and closing details. And down here in Florida, title takes care of it. Um, I think it's really helped me down here because we do have a lot of northerners, northeasterners moving down here or buying vacation homes. Mm -hmm. And the way they do real estate up there is very different from down here. So having that knowledge and being able to understand kind of where they're coming from does help. Um, and as far as like the the knowledge, it's it's all forms filling out, you know, and most of it's <laughs> national real estate knowledge that you know, and then a little bit specific to the different states. Um, another big thing is in Massachusetts, you are uh, like a single agent. So you represent the seller or the buyer. And then down here in Florida, by nature, we're transaction brokers. So our job is to get the job done. So we don't mm -hmm. really have dual-sided agency. And up in Massachusetts, that's a big thing. 
I'm in, up in Massachusetts. Of course, this was 10 years ago, so I don't know if things have changed too much from up there, yeah. but yeah. it also was a big thing when you first met with, and it was a client up there, you needed to um, get a buyer broker agency signed that says you're representing them. Down here in Florida, I brought that up and they're like, what is that? You know, <laughs> of course that's coming in play more nowadays than it was, yeah. but I'm um, just some of the little subtle differences. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. And have you noticed the real estate scene evolve a lot or has it been mostly the same? Like I know you learn new lessons to better yourself, but what do you think about the real estate uh, community as a whole um, externally? Has it changed a lot? You know, I think with all of just everything right now, especially technology, um, it has changed. It's advanced. You know, everything from we have AI that can write our script now for us or change our profile or our picture. So, you know, um, all the way to the consumer can go online, type in an address and they can mm -hmm. the first page is like, what, 20 pages of different websites <laughs> that go directly to that. So you yeah. know, it's almost a little misleading sometimes to the consumer to think that they're going directly like to the listing agent or the actual, you know, property. But yeah, it's it's good and it's bad. Sorry. Um, <laughs> cool. So what has been your biggest challenge in your career so far? Hmm. I guess I'd have to say mindset. Um, you, you'll hear that a lot, especially as a new agent. You know, if you will it, the universe will make it happen. <laughs> um, you you got to be positive about things. I mean, real estate is a sales business and real estate is your own business. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of ups, there's a lot of downs, and it's just a matter of kind of being able to get through those and see to the next, the next thing, you know, um, like, for example, yesterday, I just canceled a listing <laughs> because mm -hmm. the buyer or the seller decided they didn't want to sell. Um, I, I saw it coming because they had been denying all showing requests and, you know, they just, it's too stressful and their neighbor just, there's just a lot of things with it. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not going to force anybody to sell their house. I've never mm -hmm. been in that kind of business to do that. And I will happily release you. So, you know, and then some other agents like that would have been the world, you know, cause that was probably a, at least a $8,000 commission check. If I got one side of it, that I just lost. But to me, mm -hmm. I didn't lose it because I was never counting on it. I don't count on anything till it closes. So um, I actually that love that mindset. <laughs> yeah, the the real estate real estate compared to most jobs that people are used to is really different with the sale. Like you said, it's a sales job, so you get paid commission. So it's not consistent sometimes, and people really want to get used to that that consistency. But it's just not going to happen sometimes. Um, but then again, you you know you eat what you kill, and then you can work super hard so you can excel far. So we usually ask this as well. Um, how's the real estate market right now with the current economy? It's a little bit shaky on the stock market side of things. And with the interest rate hikes, um, people are like used to 0% rates pretty much for like the past 10 years now, but it's coming back up to 5%, which it, you know, prior to 10 years ago, that used to be the normal. So people are freaking out, but it's really just normal. So what have you noticed with the recent economic changes? Yeah, I mean, the news is for shock and all. And whether we like it or not, people watch the news, they read the news, um, people can't turn it off. Um, I kind of stay up to date more on that when my lender sends me, hey, rates are good or this or that. Um, I don't, I've given up on the news. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah. you know, as as a whole, for this past year, especially, 
I think it's affected the market. It's affected buyers, sellers. Um, you know, we have some sellers that either bought the, the past few years when rates were low or they refinanced. Like almost everybody and their brother's uncle refinanced over the past couple of years. So when you are toying with the idea of a 3% rate or lower, and then you add on to that, the, the home value's gone up. So yeah, I have a 3%. For example, maybe I have a 3% loan rate on my house for $300,000 is what I owe, but I could sell my house for 500 today, but then I'm going to have to turn around and probably find a house for 500 or 600,000 that's even equal to my house I live in now, but my rate's going to be double and my payment will be double. Like it, mm -hmm. and I don't I don't blame them. So, mm -hmm. you know, the way I look at it is there're still people that have to move and need to move. Mm -hmm. So, if it makes sense for them to move, then that's what I'm here for to help those people. You know, there's mm -hmm. always people like we, we were military forever. We mm -hmm. had to move. <laughs> they say, Hey, it's time <laughs> to go. It's time to go. We have to sell, yeah. you know, we have to buy. We don't have to buy. We prefer to buy instead of live on base or rent. Um, so it's, it's a matter of just finding those and not letting the economics and not letting the doom and gloom get to me or my business because yeah, I might have to work twice as hard to make the calls or get that, that one closing, but this is how I put food on the table and a roof over the head for my kids. Yep. Yeah. So when, when it's a market kind of like right now, when not as many people are buying as like 2020, 2021, but then people also just aren't selling like aggressively because they don't want to have to get up that higher rate. What is like, how come home prices aren't falling? What causes home prices to fall? Is it not this scenario that makes home prices fall, but a different one? So there's a lot that goes into home prices. Um, and I think the biggest thing, it is supply and demand. And the fact that we we were growing so quickly for home prices, like we were seeing a 30% increase in <laughs> one year. And for example, like I told you, we were military, we moved every three, about three years. So we don't usually own home for right over the two years. So we could avoid the capital gains, yada, yada, yada. But we never made close to enough to cap that out either. But we would go into it, we would find a house that we knew we could do some cosmetics or something too while we lived in it, enjoyed it. And then, you know, in two to three years, we should be able to sell it and make five or 10,000, not much, but enough to pay for that move and enough to, you know, make a little bit. Um, so now you have somebody that bought in 2019, they sold in 2021 their house, they got like an extra 100, 200 grand, depending on what they paid for it. So just that dra drastic was just amazing. And then you add into that the fact that, um, and why is it not affecting us now? Because because our market, we were, we got all these buyers and then we have all these sellers and now our market's closer. But in order mm -hmm. for us to see the big drop in home prices, we have to have, we have all these sellers and we only have a few buyers, yeah. but we still have buyers out there. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, we still have sellers out there. We still have buyers out there. Just the buyers are being pickier. You know, so in the, in the sellers are still thinking that they're going to get multiple offers that first weekend. And then we're seeing a lot of price drops because sellers are getting nervous. And it's hard to explain to sellers, especially if they didn't sell more than a few years ago ever. You know, it, it's normal, actually. It's it's average for your home to take a few months to sell. Yep. And so we just, I don't think we're going to see a huge drop in prices that everybody, you know, is essentially hoping for. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Let me ask. So earlier you said that, you know, the buyers are having an extra 100, $200,000. Do you think 
they should be spending that additional cash that they have or the additional equity they made from the house to buy down the rate. Because the way I've seen it and the way Xander has seen it as well is that the rates aren't high. They're just normal because we're still on, Mm -hmm. you know, a 30 year low with them. So 2020, you know, 2019, 2020, 2021, we're kind of just blips. So do you think we should, buyers should be spending that additional equity to buy the rate down or go towards down payment? Or what, what do you think that extra equity should go towards? You know, I think that that's something that they should definitely talk to their financial advisor about because there's so many different options, you know, mm-hmm. with it. I don't think that they're going to see a drastic decrease in that equity there. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know how long they plan on living in their home. <laughs> you know, I yeah. come from a way that that background, I move every few years. Now, there's mm-hmm. some people that have lived in the same house, had a 30-year mortgage. They still live in after they finally pay the mortgage off. So, like, mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. personally, when I look at a house... I'm probably not going to live there more than four or five years if I'm lucky to even be there that long. So to me, it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense to pay the extra to buy my rate down. Um, mm-hmm. But for someone else that, you know, this is it, or, you know, maybe it's it, it's their, not their starter home, but their retirement, so to speak, home, and they didn't pay cash for it. They have a loan. Like that might make more sense. Um, but it really just kind of depends on what they would, the extra equity and that money there they would need for it to use, you know, and honestly, we've got our consumers, um, our credit card debt is through the roof right now, if you look at that. So that might be a good option. You know, (laughs) I have actually spoke to someone um, last week that was looking at the possibility of selling their home because they have a lot of debt and the equity they have, they would love to be able to pay it off and then, and then find something different. And we, we looked, Mm -hmm. we went through everything. And at the end of the day, they will not find a house as nice as their current house if they do that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. I sent them to my lender and said, Hey, talk to him about a HELOC. Cause then they can take out the extra equity they have their interest only payments. The payment's not outrageous and they can use the payoff some debt. Maybe, you know, it's, it's all going to depend on their credit and everything else too. But mm-hmm. you know, that's one thing I think real estate agents have to remember is at the end of the day, yes, we're salespeople, but we're people, people. So mm-hmm. making those relationships mm-hmm. and, and helping people and guiding them to what's best for their individual needs is going to come over tenfold. Like those people, I've, um, I've I've already gotten referrals from them and closed those deals, you know? So like, Mm -hmm. and I know in the future, if they ever do decide to sell, they will, because I told them what was honest. I didn't just say, yep, let's list your house. I can sell it for what you want when I know it will never sell for that. Yeah. Yeah. So you said something really interesting that I, that I, I always love to ask this question. So real estate is relationship building, right? And so how do you build and maintain these long-term relationships with your clients? Um, just like by caring, <laughs> um, <laughs> by nature, I'm a caring person, yeah. but I'm also very yeah. busy. Um, so what we make it a point to do, especially for our local customers that are still here and, you know, within the hundred miles or so we do what's called pop buys. So at least once or twice a year, everybody, gets a Popeye. So it's just something small. It's usually five to $10. Maybe we divide our customers up. And so every month it's a different, like five or six usually. Um, mm-hmm. And then we have a month or two where our, our out of town ones. So it's something that's easier to mail goes to them. And it just, and it usually always has a cute little note and it's like, Hey, like, thanks for being on our circle. Thanks for having my back. You know, we appreciate you. And, you know, I can tell you, I've gotten repeat business. I had um, one of my first closings here after I started back in Florida, 
was a Zillow lead and she has bought and sold four homes with me now. And, wow. you know, I, That's awesome. I love on her, you know, and we don't <laughs> yeah. hang out outside of that though. Like, just, but she recognizes yeah. me if we pass each other in town, I recognize her and you know, that's all it is. That's such that's awesome. a good, that's such a good note for people to mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. consider because with people getting into real estate right now as becoming a realtor, they really need to go the extra mile on creating those relationships. Like in today's mm-hmm. world, it's mm-hmm. so easy just to have everything online and everything just be boop like, you know, it's online. They need to just do the extra effort. They need to meet them in person when they can and just go the extra mile. Um, kind of transitioning, you mentioned that you use that you used Zillow leads. I'm curious what kind of technology you're using now. Um, so interesting you asked that because I just um kind of revamped everything and changed everything. So I'm not opposed to spending money to make money. And that's one thing a lot of realtors won't do or a lot of people won't tell you to do, because like I said, <laughs> it's your business. Yeah. Um, and you have to invest. So mm-hmm. when I started out, it was a uh, you know, 30% goes here for Uncle Sam because he needs his cut. 30% goes <laughs> for marketing. And then 30% goes back into my business and I get to keep 10%, you know, for the first little bit. And then once okay. I can keep that going, that's where it's at. So I've been able to back off my advertising some now. But, you know, I'll give anybody, not anybody, I'll give anything that sounds like it would work or has good, <laughs> like, possibilities. I'll give it about three months and see where I get from there. Um Right now, I don't do anything <laughs> um, other than running my own, um, like Google ads, Google My Business. Make sure you have a Google My Business. Um, that's important. Send people there for reviews, not to Zillow, not to Realtor. They can do it there too, but always send them to the Google My Business first because that's there. And as long as they're real, real reviews, they're not going to go away. They're not like owned by the you know Zillow or Realtor. Um, and then... I'll run like Facebook ads sometimes or market properties. Just kind of, I'm not got a lot invested right now into advertising. <laughs> okay, got it. Cool. Well, you mentioned that a lot of realtors, or at least some, don't like spending money to make money. And I'm really curious why you think that is. Are most realtors risk averse? I think a lot of, um, especially new new realtors, come into the business, you know, thinking it's more of a nine to five job, <laughs> or it's. <laughs> You know, I'm going to be told or like I said before, like different brokerages and brokers, they pretty much will tell you, and I don't want to say this, they aren't going to tell you anything you want to hear, but of course they're going to make it sound better than it is or great. And, mm-hmm. you know, cause they want you to come work for them. And, um, so you can, especially if you come into it and you, you have a big following or a big sphere of influence. And I didn't, I, <laughs> I, I have very few friends. I have moved to this area two years before I restarted real estate. I, mean, I never mm-hmm. lived in this area. So I yeah. and I want it to grow big and fast. So investing allows you to do that mm-hmm. um, and investing in the right areas and arenas. Um, so I think a lot of realtors are kind of skeptical of that or you get into it because, you know, you pay for your exam, your state test, your fingerprints, your background check. And by then you're out a few hundred dollars. And now mm-hmm. you tell me I have to become a member of the board and I have to pay MLS and <laughs> RA dues and all this. And you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. now I'm at like a thousand or so. And I haven't even, you know, I even learned how to do real estate. You know, I took the exam, mm-hmm. but it's totally different in the real life. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that's a lot of it too. 
A hundred percent agree. And, and and it's interesting because I will say I'm 21 for context, right? So I'm I'm definitely a little bit younger. My mom's a real estate agent. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm super super young, right? Xander, he's 20, so we're both we're both. <laughs> My younger, daughter's so. 21, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You you understand then? You understand? So. My thing is like, I feel like people in our generation are willing to just hand over a, a a credit card, like with no questions asked. I feel like a lot of the real estate agents nowadays are very hesitant. Let me, I, I, can I ask you this question? So you said you've paid for Zillow before. Are you comfortable sharing how much you've paid for Zillow? I've heard from some people that it's like three grand a month, but I've never paid for it myself. So I don't really know. Yeah. So when I started, it was around 2,500 a month. And that gave me mm -hmm. 50% market share for my zip code. So Zillow, mm. um, so they're revamping how they're doing things, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But back back then, Zillow would sell you the zip code. It was a zip code that I wanted to work in and focus in. And for $2,500 a month, I would get, I got just over 50% of the share. And that's why I did that much. Um, again, single agent. Um, yep. And that would get me 10 to 12 connections a month. Um, that, hands down, that for my my investment that I didn't have to do anything with because they call you and connect you right with person. That was the best return I ever saw in advertising. Um, people okay. don't like that. You know, Zillow is the big, bad, ugly guy, you know, taking over the whole industry. And yeah, they are, yeah. but it's one of those things. It, Zillow now owns dot loop, which is what I use for my contracts. They yes. also own follow-up boss, which is who I yep. use for my CRO. So I'm like, at the yep. end of the day, they have all yep. my information anyway. I mean, <laughs> I lived on military bases and was a military spouse for 21 years. The Chinese, everybody yeah. has all my stuff. Like at this yeah. point, I just like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Google me, you can find out where I live. That's how I have to find my old addresses because I move so much, you know, but like at the end of the day, that's what it is. Now I stopped Zillow because I was told there was no more market share. And then wow. my leads dropped off and here they had increased the market amount of leads available so, you wow. know, for me as a single agent, it didn't make sense. So they were focusing more on like the teams and the groups. So I know people, teams that spend 20,000, 50,000 a month on Zillow, but you know, they have a few agents and they send the leads out so mm. they can manage that. And then they make that in yeah. return. Yeah. I have another friend that um, her lender goes in with her and they split the Zillow mm. cost. So, you know, there's always, there's ways to offset to like think outside the box. If you want to do advertising or marketing, you know, get that, that one, they love to take us out for coffee. So when they take you out for coffee, be like, well, great. I'll send you my leads, but I need you to yeah. go in, you know, get, put some skin in the game. No kidding. No kidding. And so were you cold calling all these leads yourself? Or not cold? Well, I mean, it was more like a warm call. Like, so were you no, calling Zilla, these? And that's what I like because I, um, by nature, I'm very shy and don't like cold calling. Um, sure. But Zillow, um, you put a special ringer on your phone and it was the most annoying ringer ever. <laughs> but essentially somebody would click on Zillow that they want to talk to an agent most yeah. of them thought they were talking to the listing agent, wanted to talk to an agent. And then Zillow would call me up and be like, hey, we have so-and-so on the other line. Can you take the call? I'd be like, heck yeah. And it yeah, dropped okay. next. And okay. okay. So I it's like half cold. Like yeah, half so cold it's more like a warm connection because the, yeah. the person was actually had done that. I want to speak with someone right now or they had called mm -hmm. Zillow. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't mm -hmm. like a third party calling and then connecting us. It, it was gotcha. in the initial reach out of the, of the consumer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I am one of those people who thought when you request access, you were trying to speak to the to the listing agent. I thought that until about like six months ago when I was just yes. like, how come I, I was like, I just want to talk to the to the listing agent. I don't want to talk to the to a buyer's agent. I have an agent, but and that's, <laughs> they like, don't that's make it the clear. confusing thing. Yeah. And then I'll 
And I, but I'm that person that I'll have that conversation with them. I'd be like, okay, well, yeah. I need you just to scroll the way down to the bottom. You'll find the you'll find the actual number of the listing <laughs> agent or something. Yeah, I tell yeah. them how to do yeah. it. So I'm sure Zillow didn't like that either. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, yeah. I think there's a lot of misleading stuff to the consumer. And as a real mm-hmm. estate agent, you have to remember that and remember, like, you know, I've done I've done this for a while, and mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. second nature to me. But yeah. you know, to someone like you, someone just off the street. It's not like this is your first time or you're new and how are you supposed to know? So that's yeah, also 100%. important. Like we first meet with that buyer to have that conversation. I just had one, my buyer, he was reaching out to the listing agents and then he'd tell me, okay, well, the, I called the listing agent and they said, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, you can't do that. That's my job. He's like, but I'm taking, you know, I don't want to waste your time. And so we had yeah. that heart to heart of, you're not wasting my time. I enjoy that. That's what I do for, yeah. for you. Like that's my service to you is to take care of that for you. And so it, it took a little bit, but finally, you know, he understood and we just closed last month on his house and it couldn't be happier. Wow. Congratulations. But like, yeah. it, it's just having that and seeing where he's come from. Cause he's younger yeah. too. Like, he has no idea. Like you guys, you click something and it's like instant and like you get into it, and, you know, it's <laughs> definitely different generations. And that has to go like with the Popeyes too, you know? Yeah. I like to work more of the, the young baby boomer, I guess, generation. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, new grandparents maybe or something that's just, mm-hmm. that's who I connect with. And I like, that's who I like. And when I restarted in, um, real estate in Florida, I just had my fourth baby. So he was attached to me and went everywhere with me. And when I would show up without him, they would get mad at me. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> oh, there we go. But you know, now he's a terrible too. So we try not to take it, <laughs> but you know, it just, you find what's comfortable for you, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And so, ooh, I lost my question. I'm going to have to edit this part out because I, I, I had my question. Okay, cool. <laughs> I had it one. and I, I literally had it. And I was just like, <laughs> as I was going to say it, it went straight away. So my bad. All right, go ahead, Xander. Yeah, um, I'm curious what your experience was when you were doing your own Facebook and Google ads compared to Zillow. Like, was that better results or was it more challenging? Like, what were what, what are your thoughts on that? So I think Google is the way to go. It's more authentic. Because like I said, I like people reaching out to me that actually want to work with me. Um, and those people would call me like directly through Google, just get a lot of like spam type stuff, but you can return those. But at the end of the day, um, my second highest sale came from Google because they researched me in the middle of the night. I actually didn't think they were real people because they emailed me wanting to go look at this house and they found me on Google. And, and so I ignored it. And then they emailed me again and they actually called me. I was in Publix with my kids shopping and I answered it. And they're like, hey, did you get our email? I'm like, yeah, but I didn't think you were real. They're like, no, we're real. Like, we want to do it. And we really did find you because I'm like, well, how'd you find me? You know, and it was an expensive house. And usually those are kind of red flags or wanting to chat on WhatsApp and stuff, you know. But um, at the end of the day, they had read the Google reviews and there weren't that many at that time of them, but they had read them and they enjoyed it and decided I was who they wanted to work with, which you That's know, awesome. like still mind blown to this day of something like that. But yeah. um, I think those you get more serious, they cost a lot more, but you get mm-hmm. the more serious people. Whereas Facebook, you know, we're just scrolling, we're bored or Instagram or something. And you click stuff and, you know, I get a lot of, do you have rentals? Do you, you know, things like that. And it's like, that's not what the ad was about at all. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. And I actually did remember my question, so I can go back to it. <laughs> So, so let me, we'll kind of get ready to wrap it up here with, with, you know, one or two more questions. So what are you looking to do in your real estate career now? Are you looking to slow it down, keep it steady, ramp it up? What's, what are you looking, looking for? You know, 
I've decided just to go with the flow. <laughs> um, I would love to be able to ramp up my average sale price to be higher because okay. then I can back off some, you know, because yeah. of course, you know, at the end of the year, you do all your numbers and you're like, well, where am I? This year, I've got a lot of vacant land sales. So it's brought my average down, but mm. it brought my closings up, you know, and, and those aren't much, you don't do much with those, you know, other than to answer mm -hmm. the questions of what do you mean it's landlocked and doesn't have access? Will you go show it to me? No, literally you can't get to it. Um, but <laughs> it's like 10 minutes on the phone explaining to him that it <laughs> said that in there and yeah, um, there's a reason it's so cheap, but yeah. um, I would like to do that. I usually help about usually have right around 30 transactions a year, give or take. So I found that that's, that's a good number for me because I'm not too overwhelmed with life and with that. And um, I'm very particular about what I do and how I do and who does it for me. So um, I, I can't, I can't, I guess, grow a team or, or have mm -hmm. that because I just, I don't, trust anybody with my with my people and take care of them how I do which is probably horrible yeah. to say you know but that's me <laughs> yeah yeah okay cool Xander any any last last couple questions um I think I'm good I mean the super super interesting talk uh, a lot of great notes that you know it's crazy so far for the last like three or four people we've talked to on the podcast everyone has unique perspectives and things to say and that's what I love about it it's it's really cool to see yeah, it yeah, is awesome. No, you'll, you'll get it cool. different from all of us. <laughs> and I'm probably like way out here where most of them are like, oh, here. <laughs> You'd be surprised. It's, I mean, we here, here, like it's, everyone has something completely different, a different story, a different reason why they started, a different opinion on the market, a different way to, you know, nurture their leads and follow up with their clients and maintain healthy relationships. So it is, it is really awesome, Amber. And and I know you're super busy. It's the holiday season. So we really, really do appreciate you coming on. We are, we are super grateful for that. So so thank you. We'll go ahead and wrap it up here. Um, Amber, again, thank you so much for joining the podcast with us. We do really appreciate it. This has been another episode of the Real Estate Experts Podcast. I'm your host, James May and Alexander, and we'll talk to you soon. Cheers.